If you enjoy the video, please make sure to hit that little thumbs up button. That helps the channel a lot by helping my videos get seen, because YouTube takes that into account uh, whenever putting my videos out there. So just consider it. Thank you. Unreliable Senses by Pacers Nation 16. You are most likely not reading this right now. My emphasis is on the word now, as I'm sure you've read through this in the past. Only now are you analyzing it for the first time, as your brain has stored it for memory. What you are seeing is only a mere recreation. In fact, there may not even be a computer screen in front of you right now. This issue arises from the fact that the form in which we perceive our world is not only primarily, but solely, reliant on our five major senses. Touch allows us to feel soothing pleasure, or warns us of injury. Smells open our olfactory system to the world, letting us breathe in various scents. Taste chiefly serves to determine foods that are edible. Hearing opens our ears to the waves of the noise around us, and lastly, vision our most significant sense, allows us to interpret our surroundings through sight. I'm sure you already knew that, but what you didn't know is the disturbing unreliability our senses truly have. As I earlier stated, you probably aren't truly reading through this right now. The five senses all deliver things called sensory neurons to the brain, which carry information that our senses have perceived. Up until this point, there is little to no problem in the way that we speculate the world. The main flaw comes into play when our neurons enter our brains, the place at which they arrive. Similar to a train station, it's directly tied to the area of the mind that stores memories. In this case, the train station is clogged and very few neurons manage to actually pass through the traffic. In addition to the memory side of our brain, the greatest link to this area is our imaginative section. Most of what you perceive never truly was. It never existed. This, this is where the disturbing part comes in. Have you ever seen a monster or a scraggly figure in your peripherals? When you instinctively turn your head, the entity disappears and you realize it was only an illusion. However, it was not an illusion. Unfortunately, these unsettling sights are indeed the reality breaking through for a quick moment. The time that the truth really gets a chance to shine in the spotlight is during sleep. Nightmares and unpleasant sights are all real, very real. Our brain is nearly inactive at this time, allowing all sensory neurons to be the sole operator within the body. This, well, this is why dreams can sometimes seem so real. It is only when you wake up that you are once again creating a fictitious world around you. I'm sure by this point, you're wondering where I have gained my credibility or how I have obtained my knowledge. 
Don't I, too, have to face the challenges of our inaccurate senses? I do indeed, but I have had extended moments in perceiving the real world. The real world is not a favorable realm. Demons, monsters, and obscure figures impossible to make out rot here. They may even be rotting in front of you right now. I know this because of my experience. Some of us are born with an ability to break through the wall of fiction better than others. And I, I happen to be one of the few who can. I had a rather long journey to my final discovery, and it's quite jumbled up, so bear with me. First event, 1204.90, age 5, Judy. I was only 5 during my initial encounter. Despite my youth, this breakthrough has lasted me through everything in my life leading up to now. This was when I met Judy. She was my imaginary friend. I was relentlessly reminded that she wasn't real, but after growing older and older, I could still see her, and she didn't fade. I soon disregarded what I was told. I didn't want to, but I had to. I have to admit, I was rather disturbed by the fact that only I could see her. If I was asked as a child what she looked like, I would have probably said something along the lines of a witch or a green woman that walked funnily. As I matured, I came to a realization that the funny witch description wouldn't suffice. Rather, she was a disfigured human, with discolored skin and peeling lips. Her limping was disturbing and indicated her disfigurement. Her voice was extremely raspy and designated in my ears for hours after she was done speaking. This is what I saw, and this is probably close to what you actually look like. Second event, 62094, age 9, glass cracker. The second breakthrough was more of a warning, or a lesson, than anything. It may have only lasted me a few brief painful moments, but the scars will leave me forever in memory of their discomforting event. The realization that took place during a picnic. There was a bonfire that the rest of the children and I were sitting at, making s'mores. I had eaten maybe a little over four or five s'mores when I bit into the sixth one. I felt a sharp agony sting the inside of my mouth. I began spitting the s'more out, anxious of what had caused it. When I looked to the ground, I saw a marshmallow, some chocolate, and a pool of blood. However, I saw no trace of any graham cracker. Instead, I saw a sheet of glass. In fear, I slowly raised my eyes, as I had hoped not to see. There weren't any graham crackers in sight. Only the blood-tainted lips of eight- and nine-year-olds gathered around a fire. This, well, this taught me that you never really know what you're eating. And this is something you should keep in mind the next time you chow down on a sandwich. Third event, 051297, age 11. This final recollection that I will discuss 
is the most repulsive of all. I recommend you do not continue reading if you're easily frightened. However, this will deliver less of a fear factor and more of a depressing truth of mine. I was 11 when this happened and only have regretted this ever since. It was rather late at night, or perhaps very early in the morning. Regardless, I heard a noise from downstairs. I grabbed a nearby kitchen knife, and I held it tight for protection. Slowly, I turned a corner when I spotted a burglar. I jutted my knife out, slicing into his abdomen. His flesh ripped as I slowly pulled it out and repeatedly stabbed the man to death. When I pulled the knife away, after finishing him off, I noticed something. This man was wearing a locket. This man was in fact not even a man. He was my mother. Of course, imaginative skills covered the issue up to the public as they saw me for a hero, though I will never forget the brief moment I witnessed that truth. I watched her lay there encompassed by her own blood gasping for air. In the realm we perceive she still remains living, but I know that in reality she is not. Unfortunately for you, well I guess you will never know if those around you actually exist, or if they're just figments of your own imagination. I do have more, much more to tell, but I wish to remain reserved since I prefer not to expose personal anecdotes to the public. I may later share more, but of course my writing may be undiscovered as the decision is really up to your senses. Have they chosen to show you this page? <laughs> I wonder. Just keep in mind, you never really know what you're seeing. That empty hall in the middle of the night may really have crazed murderers in it. The monster under your bed may actually live there. The truth is, you'll never really know. Counter by Jay Desheen When was the last time you took a shower? The therapist asked. Last week, said Katie. Shame stung her eyes, and the falling of tears could not be fought. The therapist looked up from her notebook. And why is that? Katie averted her eyes. I'm afraid. Of what? asked the therapist. Katie took a breath. I'm afraid I'll accidentally rub the soap onto my body the wrong number of times, or that I'll turn counterclockwise. And what would happen if you did? The therapist's voice was gentle and inquisitive. I don't know, Katie answered. Something terrible? The therapist jotted Katie's words into her notebook. When she finished, she asked, Why don't you try it? Try it? The very thought left Katie stunned. Yes, said the therapist. I think you know, intellectually, that nothing will happen. If you turn counterclockwise in the shower, for example. And once you do a little bit of reality testing and you see that's the case, I think you'll feel a lot better. Katie felt her chest tighten. But what if I don't? 
What if I'm not wrong? What if the choice is yours? The therapist interrupted. But I really think this could be good for you. Later that night, the therapist's words echoed in Katie's ears. Her hair had separated into greasy strands, and she itched all over. She could no longer stand her own smell. Somewhere she knew that she would have to bathe, and soon. But the terror was enough to make her shake. I could simply be extra careful, she told herself. I could be vigilant, keep my head about me. She sighed. It has to be done. Slowly, she approached the bathroom, towel in hand. Just relax, Katie, she repeated to herself. You can do this. She slid her robe off and turned on the water. Once she made sure it was hot enough, she took a deep breath and stepped in. The steady, hot stream of water against her skin was magnificent. Steam filled her airways. Her shoulders relaxed. She thought it was amazing, as she always did, that simply standing under the water could be so calming. She wished she could have simply stayed there forever, but as her eyes landed on the soap dish, she knew what needed to be done. She took the bar of soap in her hand. Where first? Her chest? Fine. She counted aloud as she rubbed the soap over her skin. One, two, three, four, five. Each perfect clockwise swipe was numbered from one to fifteen. Somewhere along the way, she had managed to zone out. It was a flash of panic that brought her back just in time to end after fifteen. She sighed. Safe for now. So it was for the rest of her shower. Every time the soap touched her body, it had to do so fifteen times. And she must never turn counterclockwise. Only clockwise would keep her safe, even if it was less convenient. At last, her shower was nearing its end. Katie knew she should have felt better, but she couldn't shake a deep sense of disappointment. Here she was, showering, giving herself an opportunity to really conquer the last part of her anxiety. She knew she would regret it if she didn't take it. Her eyes drifted down to the bar of soap in her hand, and then over to the soap dish. She would have to put the soap down, and normally she would turn clockwise to do this. Katie inhaled sharply and closed her eyes. I can do this, she said out loud and she turned counterclockwise to replace the soap in the dish. The euphoria was nearly instantaneous. She had done something terrifying, something she never thought she could again. Was she still nervous? Well, of course, but now maybe the night would pass without incident, and she would see that her actions had caused no harm. Katie turned off the water and slid the curtain aside, one foot went over the side of the tub and onto the bare tile below. As she lifted the other to follow, however, the first one gave way. Katie's entire body tightened as she found herself hurtling toward the floor. She landed with a horrible smack. Her neck twisted unnaturally. There was a pop, followed by excruciating pain. She tried to reach up to massage it, but 
She found that she couldn't. Her arm would not move. Nothing would. Katie lay on her bathroom floor, facing the wall with her back to the bathroom counter. Panic set in. What am I supposed to do? She thought. How do I call for help? I don't want to die. She felt hot tears begin to form as her mind continued to whir. Then there came the sound. The creak of the cabinet door right below the bathroom counter caught her ear and arrested her mind. It was not the only sound. Something else bubbled under the creak. <laughs> Laughter? Anxiety almost gave way to puzzlement, but all feelings turned to terror as the laughter broke into language. She did it, said a small voice. She did it at last. Did she think she could get away with it? Turning like that? Doesn't she know the rules? I never thought she would even try, said another. She's so careful. Let's not waste any time, said the first voice. Katie heard the slap of skin against the wet floor behind her. Two sets of footsteps padded their way to her. All the while, the laughter persisted. <sighs> the words would not come, no matter how hard she tried. She had just about given up trying to speak when she felt a number of sharp stabs burrow deep into her flesh. What escaped her was the choked remains of a scream. Ready? said one voice. Ready, said the other. Before losing consciousness, the last thing Katie heard was the creature straining as they slowly slid her over to the cabinet door. The Haunted Estate by Law Enforcement Combustion, which is a very interesting name. They said the house was haunted. He laughed and shook his head. Tut tut, I have never heard of such taffel. A ghost that creaks and groans and drags over the old cold stones wrapped in its chains? Give me one night to prove you all wrong and I will ease your pains. So the man was invited to spend a night in the house, which was a large estate overlooking some grassy parkland and an old forest. The man was a proven skeptic, and he wasn't afraid of anything. He was paid handsomely for one night, double, in the morning. The estate was a large one, and Elizabethan in nature. The man had eaten with the others before they left. Nobody spent more than a day in the estate. He passed the evening amicably enough, smoking, drinking coffee, and reading a few poetry books in the immense library. Halfway through the evening, it must have struck him as odd that he was the only man in the estate, and every single room which was there was free for him to explore. Nothing was out of bounds. It was a crazy thought, which he had never had before, but he shrugged it off. Being an eager man of the law all his life, he had never broken a rule before, and he would not start now. The usual noises of the night began floating around the dark, empty corridors of the old estate, encroaching around the empty rooms, permeating his senses. How startled he must have been when he looked at the old grandfather clock and saw that 
After what had seemed like minutes, it was now half past eleven. The smoker sat up in his chair, alert, the pine wood smoke curling around his face, giving him an eerie complexion. He heard nothing apart from the creaks of loose steps upstairs. The wind whistling through half-open windows upstairs and the beginning of a torrential downpour outside. He got up after a while, and he rekindled the fire. He sat back down, drawing his chair a little nearer, and then relaxed again. The man was expecting nothing, so he was not alarmed when he heard the creaking of the bell chain on the grandfather clock chiming, nor by the heavy footfalls of a loose portrait falling off the wall with a crash. But the crash was louder, louder than it should have been. It echoed on and on, getting closer. Yes, it was getting closer. He sat up in the chair. One crash, two crashes. It was moving down the hall. He got right to his feet and brandished the pipe like a sword. The skeptical man believed this to be a prankster, one of the group who had stayed behind to play a prank. But then he remembered that everybody was accounted for and he had seen them off with his own eyes. So he saw the door open, and standing in the doorway shrouded by light from the fire was a tall man with chains wrapped round his body. The chains trailed off onto the floor two feet behind him. He said in a deep, cavernous voice, I am the ghost. Pray, who are you? The startled guest fled from the house and ran as fast as he could all the way home. <laughs> Get some every time. So that was a mix of three skin-crawling creepypastas. Hopefully you enjoyed this little collection. Thank you to all the authors who post their stories in the wiki. If everyone doesn't know, the wiki, the Creepypasta wiki, is all CC by SA30, which means it is free to use so long as proper credit is given, and links to licenses are as well. All that's down below. I make sure that stuff's very well intact. So thank you again to the authors who wrote these stories. It was These were very, very fun to read. Um, I hope you all enjoyed them. If you did, please consider hitting that thumbs up button. If you're new to the channel, hit that subscribe button. If you're not new to the channel, hit the comment button. Leave me a comment saying... Woo woo, how you do. I don't, or don't, don't do that actually, never mind. Anyways, I hope you all have a beautiful weekend. I hope I will see you on the next video. But until then, my lovely, lovely friends, sleep well. <laughs>